Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We exist to reach, disciple, and empower people to live in the fullness of God. If you're new to our church or want to learn more about us and what we believe, you can check us out online by simply going to lifefamilychurch.net. We hope you enjoy this week's message. All right, open your Bibles real quickly to the book of Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. I want to talk to you a little bit about the doctrine of baptisms. The doctrine of baptisms. Um, if you saw the recent post yesterday with me talking, I kind of got on my soapbox a little bit, you know. And there's sometimes there's so many things that um, I see in the body of Christ. And I love the body of Christ. But there are some things that are happening with the body of Christ. Just like the Apostle Paul who was concerned about the things, you know, some of this stuff. And... Truly, we are living in the last days because the Bible does talk about that there will be false teachers, false prophets that will arise, and people will heap to themselves teachers with itching ears to their own liking. And I'm seeing that. Even in the United States of America, I'm seeing that happen. And so there's been some things that have been very prevalent um, in, in recent months about, like, God doesn't do miracles anymore, God doesn't do healing anymore, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I mean... I watched this one um, YouTube clip of a, of a man that was, began to explain the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and he actually <laughs> compared it to the Tower of Babel. And he took the total supernatural out of it, and he had 1.6 million views. And I thought, oh my gosh, what is, what is going on? What is going on? What's happening? And so we know that it's an attack of the enemy. And, um, and so I just felt led of the Lord. I said, I'm going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Ghost this morning and why you need to pray and why the enemy fights you so hard of not praying in the Holy Ghost and things like that. Because when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost and you begin to pray, there's available power. Not only that, it builds your faith because it's your spirit man that prays. And we're spirit beings first. Then we live in the body and we have mind and will and emotions. But man, there's such seemingly such controversy and people don't seem to understand. They get confused between their own personal prayer language and actually tongues and interpretation of tongues, which is the gifts of the Spirit. And they get confused with all of this. And, that's, and we know who the author of confusion is, don't we? All right. So we're just going to bring some clarity this morning. I believe it will be a blessing to you. So Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1 says this, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, or the doctrine of the anointing, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, and of faith toward God, verse 2, of the doctrine of baptisms. The doctrine of baptism. Is that singular or is that plural? It's plural, meaning more than one. So he says the doctrine of baptisms, of the laying on of hands, of resurrection from the dead and eternal judgment, and this we will do if God permits. So the word baptism or baptisma or baptismo or baptizo means this out of the Vines Expository Dictionary. How many ever heard of the Vines Expository Dictionary? How many ever heard of the Strong's Concordance? Strong's for the weak, Vines for the drunk. Can you say Amen. And the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. To make sure we preference that. Praise God. Amen. In the Vines Expository Dictionary, under the word baptizo, it means this. It's consisting of the process of immersion to put in or under submersion to sink emergence to rise or come forth out of water or anything that covers. 
So there are three baptisms a person can receive based upon this definition out of the Vines Expository Dictionary. What is the first baptism? The first baptism is when you are placed into Jesus and Jesus is in place in you. Jesus commissioned us to go into all the world, teach and baptize. Now you have to understand that baptism is not just water baptism based upon this definition. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that is baptized shall be saved. That's not water baptism, folks. That's a baptism into Christ and Christ into you. That's not water baptism. And how do you know that? Well, I grew up in the church of Christ. Traditional church of Christ. Hardcore church of Christ. Like, no, don't believe in music. Unless you are part of the church of Christ, you're not going to heaven. You're going to go to hell if you're not part of the church of Christ. It's a cult. And, they, and the only way they said that you could go to heaven is if you got water baptized. And you ask the question, well, what if you're on your deathbed and you got five minutes and you need to get water baptized? Well, bub, too, too bad. You know, because we don't believe in sprinkling. You got to be dunked. Come on. Hello, somebody. Amen. And so you have to understand that the first baptism is into Jesus. It's salvation. John 3, 3 says this. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Romans 10, 9, and 10 says this. That if shalt thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a man believes in the righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. In Romans 6, 3 it says this. Know you not that so many of you were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Baptized in. Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door of his heart, I will come into him. So based upon the word baptism or baptizo, which means immersed or placed into, if I had a glass of water here and I dropped a quarter into it, the quarter just got baptized. Amen. So the first baptism that you get is when you're placed into Jesus and Jesus is placed into you. Can you say amen? And so you have to study the word that got out depending when you see the word baptism of what it's really meaning. Is it a water baptism or is it a baptism into Jesus or is it a baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire? Romans 6, 4 says this, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into his death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. In 1 Corinthians 12, 12 and 13, it says this, For as one body hath many members, and all members of that one body being many are one, or one body, so also Christ, for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Come on, hello somebody, amen. Whether we be Jew or Gentile, whether we be bond or free, whether we be made to drink of one self and same spirit. Okay? To actually drink, this is this, the actually drink of his spirit is to drink of his power. To drink of his spirit. You ever heard a preacher say, you need to drink from the Holy Ghost. What is he saying? Drink from the river of power. So being placed in the Jesus, whether you're Jew, Greek, Gentile, you, if you've opened the door of your heart and Jesus has come into you, you've been immersed into Jesus and, and Jesus has been immersed into you. That's the first baptism that you can receive. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Maybe you've never seen this before. Well, that's a good thing. You're seeing it now. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, 
He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him. So based upon the word baptizo or baptismo, which means to be immersed or placed into, the first baptism is what? A baptism into Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Remember we read in Hebrews 6.1, the doctrine of baptisms. Amen, indicating there's more than one kind of baptism. Number two, the second kind of baptism is water baptism. This is an outward public show of what Jesus has done on the inside of a person when he or she gets saved. Then a person gets water baptized. In Acts chapter 8, verse 36 and 37, it says this, And as they went their way, they came to certain water, and the eunuch said, See here is water. What doeth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thy heart, thou mayest. So in other words, to believe in Jesus with all that heart is to actually believe that He's the Son of God and that you've actually asked Him into your heart. We read this in the book of Acts chapter 9 with the Apostle Paul. The Bible says that when Jesus showed up, the power of God hit Saul, right? And Saul fell to the earth. As he was falling to the earth, he said this, Who art thou, Lord That's when Saul got saved because Acts chapter 2 verse 21 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You mean to tell me I don't have to go, Oh, Father, how art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I'm a wretched sinner. I'm a word. Please come in. Well, you know what? If you're driving on the highway and you're not born again and you see a semi-tractor trailer truck heading head on, you might all you have time is, Jesus! Boom! I made it. Praise God. I'm in heaven now. You may have just that amount of time. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I think religion makes it complicated. Come on now. Amen. The second baptism is a water baptism. In Acts 8.37, And Philip said, If thou believest all thou mayest. And he answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he was born again, and then he got water baptized. Acts 8.38 says this, And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he was baptized. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went his way rejoicing. Well, there you go. He got translated from one place to another. Can you say Amen. One of the concerns that I've had, I will sit down with anybody and we'll, 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 you better sharpen your sword because i got a pretty sharp sword. The rapture is real. It's called the catching away of the church, folks. And that is such a, such a serious, controversial issue. Let me give you some examples of raptures that have already taken place. Enoch walked with God and was not because God took him. Let me give you another example. Noah's Ark. Eight people went into Noah's Ark. Seven being the number of completion, eight a number of new beginnings. And when they entered into the Ark, they were safe and they rose up above the wickedness of the world and were preserved. Here's another one for you. Here's another one. Elijah was caught up in a whirlwind. Guess what happened to him? He got raptured. 
Oh, here's another one. After Jesus had died, he was resurrected. And in Mark chapter 16, as he's talking, guess what? Go ye. Uh, why, why are you staring at Jesus who's now being raptured? Not only that, we are the bride of Christ. Are we not the bride of Christ? Yes or no? So our bridegroom, Jesus, is going to let the bride of Christ, his bride, get the hell beat out of her for seven years before he comes and marries her? Are you kidding me? I, I do not want to be here during the seven-year tribulation period. Hello? I think we got a little bit of an example this last seven days of what it's really going to be like during the seven-year tribulation period. Are you kidding? Oh, my gosh. I got a glimpse. Of the a tohu bohu that's going to take place on this earth. The parable of the ten virgins. I don't know if that's prophetic or not. Five were wise and they kept the oil lamps trimmed and they kept oil in the lamp. Same virgins kind of let some things go in their life. Five were taken. Five were left behind knocking on the door. What, is, what does that mean? I think that's a spiritual awakeness. Be spiritually discerning. Make sure that you're reading your Bible. Make sure you're praying. Make sure you're in church. Make sure you're plugged in. Come on, hello somebody. I, I, don't, know if, I don't know if the parable of the ten virgins is prophetic or not. I, I don't know. All I know is this. The Bible says, watch and pray, for you do not know the hour in which the Son of Man will come. So guess what? I'm watching, I'm praying, but I'm also doing. Praise God. Amen. We're going about the kingdom. Amen. Oh, it got awful quiet in here. That's okay. I'm going. <laughs> Praise God. That's all I got to say. I'm going. I had one, pre I had one pre pastor look me in the face. He said, well, I think we're going to go through the tribulation period. I said, you, not me. <laughs> Have fun. What you going to be doing in heaven? Marriage supper of the lamb, baby. I'm up Chateaubriand and pumpkin pie and Briar's ice cream for how long? Seven years. Just, just the dessert tables, three and a half. Praise God. <laughs> you be like, woo. <laughs> How many want to be in? I'm in. Yeah. I'm not staying here. If I was going to stay here for seven years, I might as well buy me a piece of property in Texas, buy a couple school buses, stick them in the ground, give me a shotgun, and, all, and one bus is full of beanie weenies. And that's going to be my base. Praise God. I have to cover it with foliage. Think about it. Total hell will be loosed in seven years. Read the book of Revelation, baby. You don't understand the Read the book of Revelation. Total hell is going to be loosed for seven years on the earth. And it actually starts out with tribulation and then great tribulation. And I'm going to get my head cut off. So in other words, I need to get as many people saved right now. And then if I'm going through the tribulation period, i got to do it covertly. Because I want to live as long as possible on the earth while I'm trying to get people saved. Not only that, I'm going to be in survival mode. That means i got to supply my wife food because you're not going to be able to buy or sell anything. Hello, somebody. So you're going to have to be a good hunter. Country boys will survive. Let's put practical thinking to what it's really going to be like for seven years. And, and there's people that don't believe what I'm saying. That's okay. I'm going. 
I'm, don't shoot the messenger. I'm going. But there's people that will argue with you, debate with you, and wow. I'm going on the fur. Hold on. Okay, I'm working on my air. Praise God. Amen. I'm working on my air. Kind of get a wave in here. Praise God. Here we go. You ready? Here we go. All right. All right, enough of that. Praise God. Amen. That's okay. You don't have to believe. You don't have to believe anything. Like Pastor Marie said, you know, I believe it. With every fiber of my being, I believe there's enough scriptures and enough proof that we, the bride of Christ, don't have to go through hell. Amen. Come on, hello. Jesus was already there for us. And he took the keys of death and hell in the grave. He paid the price for us so that we don't have to. Amen. Come on, hello, somebody. Amen. The second baptism is water baptism, okay? And that's an outward show of it in work. Now, the third baptism a person can receive is the baptism of Holy Spirit fire. This will do two things. The Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit will do two things in your life. One, it will help you be, be a better witness for Jesus. And it will endue you with power from on high to do the works of Jesus. All these testimonies that you've heard were individuals who went in faith, who believed God with their faith. Alexa believed God. With her faith. The faith of a child. Come on, hello somebody. It doesn't matter who prayed, who didn't pray, who laid hands, who didn't. It's the name of Jesus. He gets the glory. All the glory goes to the one who is the healer. Can you say amen? But it's all operated by the power of endued power that comes from the Holy Spirit. Do two things for you. Help you be a better witness for Jesus. And number two, it will endue you with power from on high. This will increase also your prayer life. You can only pray so much in English over a situation, but you can pray hours in the Holy Ghost. Jude verse 20 says, Beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, watch this, praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, that's an interesting statement. Because we all know how to pray in English. But how do you pray in the Holy Ghost? And prayer is a verbal communication with God. So how do you pray in the Holy Ghost? Matthew chapter 3 verse 11, John the Baptist said this. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I do not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Well, then that sounds like two baptisms that John the Baptist said was going to take place. You know a change is going to come when a Baptist talks about a Pentecostal. Praise God. You know a change is happening. He talked about a Pentecostal to come. Baptism in the Jesus with salvation. Baptism with water. And then the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. Now why is there such controversy over the baptism of the Holy Ghost? The reason why Satan opposes that so heavenly is because Jesus himself was actually baptized with the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm going to blow your minds here. You're, you're gonna, this, this has been a question that has been asked 
over and over again. Did Jesus speak in other tongues? That's a good question, isn't it? I have two verses for you to show you that Jesus did speak in other tongues. The book of Isaiah, chapter 28, please. Isaiah 28. Isaiah chapter 28. And we're going to pick it up in verse number 9. We know that Isaiah was a major prophet. There are 66 chapters in the book of Isaiah, and there are 66 books of the Bible in our canon. Isaiah was probably the number one prophet that prophesied more than anything that come to pass. Isaiah prophesied Jesus coming 400 years prior to his coming. Now watch this. Verse 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge and whom shall he make understand doctrine? Then that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breasts. For precept must be upon precept... And, um, and precept upon precept, line upon line. How many have you ever heard me say that when you teach doctrine, it has to be precept upon precept, line upon line within the subject matter? Where do you think I'm getting that from? Right here, the Bible. Believe it or not, we do teach and preach the Bible here. Unadulterated, non-compromisingly, and five miles deep, not just an inch deep. Precept upon precept, line upon line. Here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. To whom he has said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would, would, uh, would not heed. Alright, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So you have Isaiah. And now you have the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. Any time spent in the Old Testament, you must spend in the New. Hallelujah. You just can't spend all your time in the Old Testament. You've got to spend time in the New. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, please. And we're going to pick it up in verse 18. Very powerful scripture here. The Apostle Paul saying this, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church I'd rather have spiked five words with understanding that, they may, that, that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Brethren, be not children of understanding. How about with malice be ye children, but understanding of them? In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and with lips will I speak to these people. And yet for all that will they not heat, um, heat, say, yeah. hear me. Yeah, will they hear me, says the Lord. So actually the Lord is actually saying what he did in the book of Isaiah when he got baptized with the Holy Ghost, when the heavens were opened up and the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. Guess what Jesus was doing? The infamous question for the ages, did Jesus speak in other tongues? The answer is yes. Here is the scriptures. Somebody say, Wow. 
Yeah. He, have, he actually even, he clear, Jesus clarified it right here. Let me read it to you again. Verse 21. In the law it is written, With men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto these people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. That's verse 21, babe. Chapter 14. 21. 14, 21. First Corinthians 14, 21. Goes along with Isaiah 28, 11 and 12. So if Jesus said, with other tongues I will speak and they will not hear me. And actually, watch this. And he clarifies it. Watch this. He goes on. Watch this. Verse 22. Wherefore tongues. What's the subject matter that Jesus is clarifying? Hello, talk to me. Tongues. Okay, he just got done saying, In the law is written, With men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people, and yet for all that will not hear me, says the Lord. Wherefore, tongues are for a sign. So the subject matter is what? Tongues, speaking in other tongues. Did Jesus speak in other tongues? According to the verses that I just showed you, did Jesus speak in other tongues, yes or no? Absolutely. Am I taking this out of context? Is it line upon line? Precept upon precept? Within the subject matter? Is it circular? Yes. Yeah, babe, you're the teacher. Yes. So Jesus spoke in other tongues. Has anybody ever asked you, well, if the baptism, did Jesus ever speak in tongues? How many ever asked that, been asked that question? You've been asked that question? Yeah. I've been asked that question. Guess what I do? Refer them to the word. Praise God. Amen. Works for me. Wow. Wow. Come on, somebody say, wow. wow. Yeah. So Jesus spoke in other tongues. That's the reason why Satan doesn't want you filled with the Holy Ghost. Because the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost is that you will speak a heavenly language. The Apostle Paul said, whether I speak tongues of men or of angels. Indicating, when he said of angels, he was indicating of a heavenly language. And anyway, not only that, because your spirit being first, it's your spirit that is praying through you as you yield. Because God does not override people's free will. And he doesn't want you to have power to be a witness for him. Because Jesus said in the book of Acts, chapter 1 and verse 5, he said, Do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father which you have heard me. For John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. And verse 8 says, And you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you to be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Plancidia, Florida, United States, the uttermost parts of the earth. So Satan doesn't want you to have power to cast him out of people. That tumors disappear out of dog's ears. Why would God heal a dog? He said, in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all. All flesh. You mean dog flesh? Mm -hmm. If you had a pet goldfish, you'd be... Fishy flesh. <laughs> My pet goldfish, he's got a tumor in his eye. I'm sorry, no, he's a goldfish. Praise God, amen. <laughs> said, all, he said, all, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. 
And that's the reason why he fights that so much. Most people who talk badly about the baptism of the Holy Ghost have never experienced it in their life. They're making excuses and then trying to, they're trying to encourage people not to. Well, you know, that prosperity tithing today is no longer for today. Oh, amen, amen, it's no longer for today. I'm not under it, I'm not under it anymore. Amen, amen, amen. Why, why aren't they encouraging to do the word? There are more do's in the Bible than there are don'ts. Don't commit fornication. Do get married. <laughs> Praise God, amen. That's an awesome thing. Yes. Don't spend $400 on Starbucks. Do tithe. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Do tithe. You will need power in these last days. You will need the assurance of your salvation in these last days. It's going to get worse out there, folks. The shootings are going to continue. You know, it's not even just shootings. I think I read an article where a man went on a hatchet rampage, killed four people, including a security officer, and wounded somebody else. Listen, God didn't blame the rock that Cain used to kill Abel. He blamed Cain. Come on, hello somebody. Whether it's a rock or a knife or a sword or a spear or a gun, they're going to do whatever. The number one weapon, according to FBI statistics, is not a gun that kills. Guess what it is? It's a knife. More murders are committed with knives than there are with guns. But it's not the knife. And it's not the gun. It's people with godless hearts. That's what it is. People without God, full of demons. It's demonically possessed people to do what they do. You and I are the light of the world. Amen. We are the salt of the earth. Amen. You are a power source for Almighty God. You're a transformer, praise God, and you go about transforming society and not conforming to it. That's what you are. You're transformers, full of the Holy Ghost, full of power, full of the life of God, full of light. And it shall increase in these last days in the church of Jesus Christ. Healing will be so easy. It will be like brushing your teeth if you do that. Praise God. Amen. It'll be, it'll be easy. It'll be just as easy as you put your hand in the name of Jesus and tumors will disappear. In the name of Jesus, healed of cancer. It'll be so simple. You'll be amazed. We're already seeing it. Already seeing it. I had, I had an officer that was working for me. And about two weeks ago, he had a minor TIA. What is that? Minors, a mini stroke? Yes. Had a mini stroke. He was paralyzed a little bit on his left face, down his arm a little bit, on his side, down into his toes. So he was in the hospital for five days. So I was talking to him, talking to him, and I heard the still small voice say to me, I want you when the time is right, go pray for him. I will heal him. I said, okay. Didn't think much of it. So I was at a job site, and he was there. I pulled the car over, and I said, hey, how you doing? He said, good to see you. I said, how you feeling? He said, well, I'm a little, a little numb on this side right here. And you could tell a little bit of a, what do you call it, sagging or something like that? Yeah. You could tell just a little bit. And he's like, I'm, I'm not 100%, Pastor. I'm just not 100%. I said, well, let me pray for you. He said, okay, Pastor, pray for me. So I just put my hand on his face, ran it down. I said, in the name of Jesus, come in all feeling. All of a sudden, he got up, and I said, 
He said, oh, I feel something on me. It's just the most amazing thing about the anointing. It's not a feeling you can be felt. Praise God. There's something on me. I just feel it. He said, oh, my, oh my gosh. I said, I said, what do you want to do? He said, I want to hug you. I said, okay, give me a hug. Praise God. He hugged me. And he burst out in tears. And he's like, oh, my gosh. I said, well, what else do you want to do? He said, I feel like I want to run. I said, take off running. So he took off running down the sidewalk. He turned around and came back. I said, how are you feeling? I said, by the end of the day. You'll be totally healed. So I checked with him four hours later. He said, I'm 100%, I'm 100%, I'm 100% Pastor. I'm 100%. I thought that was the most easiest, the most easiest thing. I, I haven't spent 21 days in fasting and prayer. I, have, I mean, I just, literally, I just, in, in the name of Jesus. And it dawned on me. Listen to what it dawned on me. Dark is getting darker. But light is getting brighter. And light always overcomes the darkness. And because of the light in you, when you lay hands, you're going to see miracles, signs, wonders. Hallelujah! I said hallelujah! Hallelujah! Woo! Woo! It's like fire shut up in my bones. I'm telling you. Spontaneous combust. <laughs> Woo. So don't let anybody take the stuff away from you. Just because they said it doesn't mean it's true. Don't let them take the baptism of the Holy Ghost from you. Don't let them take miracles and signs and wonders. Don't let them take the rapture from you. Don't let them take prosperity from you. They're lying. They're false prophets and they're liars and false teachers trying to convince the body of Christ you've got to be poor, broken, busted, and disgusted. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. Right. It's a lie. Amen. Don't believe those lies. Stay with the fundamental doctrines of the Bible. This right here, you win. You cannot lose. You apply this, you cannot. It's impossible. It's impossible for you to lose. You apply this to your life. And don't take my word for it. You search it out for yourself. I'm not your guru. And I'm not your savior. I'm just the messenger. That's all I am. I'm just a messenger. I'm not your healer. I'm not your financial provider. There's only one. His name is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, who is holy, who is glorious, who is the King of kings, the King of all kings, the Lord of lords, the majesty on high, the one who was and is and is to come, the great El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Sikhanu, El Shaddai, the God that's more than enough. He is your healer. He is your deliverer. He is your financial. <laughs> He's your financial provider. Only him. No man, no woman, no devil in hell. Only him. Are you kidding me? Touch that glory? You want to die early? No. No, I want to run my race, finish my course. Hallelujah. Be careful who you put up on a pedestal. They fall pretty hard and go boom. Could be named Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> and believe me, all the king's horses and all the king's men. No. It's time. Yeah. It's time to run with the fire. Right. It's time to run with souls. It's time. You'll see it in our lifetime. Hi. And you'll experience it. Can you say Amen. All right, let me give you a few more scriptures here, okay? Are you all right? Can, I, can you stay with me just a little bit? All right. 
In John 1.33 it says this, And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom you shall see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he who baptizes you with the Holy Ghost. So you got John the Baptist talking about water and talking about one who's going to come to baptize you with Holy Ghost fire. And John 7.37 says this, In that day, the last day of the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and said, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly will flow forth rivers of living water. Watch this. That living water is a water of healing. It's a water of deliverance. It's a water of prosperity. It's a water of freedom. It's a a river of power that flows out of you into a hurting hurting people full of the devil going to hell. The living water in you flows into the dead sea of putrid waters, which is dead people. You're the living water on the inside of you that goes and brings healing to people that are dying and going to hell without Jesus. You. You. And verse 39 says this, But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. In John 14, 16 and 17, it says this, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Shall be in you. In John 15, 26, it says this, But when the Comforter has come, whom I will send to you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. John 16, 7 says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I don't go away, the Comforter will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all assembled together in one place, and suddenly a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them cloven tongues as a fire, and it sat on each one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues. This was not a gift of the Spirit in operation. This was the infilling, this was the baptism, this was the immersion or placed into the Holy Ghost. So the evidence that you've been baptized, placed into, emerged into the Holy Ghost is that He will give you a heavenly language in which you do not understand, but it comes out in other tongues. It will be languages you do not know you're speaking. It is not babble. It is not googly gunk. It is not Fred Flintstone. Yabba, dabba, do. It is not. It is not. not. Yabba. Let me pray for you. Just say yabba, dabba, do real fast. Yabba, dabba, do. Yabba, dabba, do. Yabba, dabba, do. You got it. You got it. No, you got nothing. That's Babel. No, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and he says you will receive. You'll get it. 
It's given. It's freely given. Well, what do I got to do? God does the filling. You do the speaking. Remember, it's a co-relationship. You're working together. Remember Pastor Marie said God's a conditional God? With every promise, there comes a condition. Luke 6.38, give and it shall be given unto you. Not only that, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So that means God gives you more than enough. Because he is El Shaddai and not El Chipo. Can you say amen? So the baptism of the Holy Ghost is very important for your spiritual life. What does it do? It, turns, it tunes your spirit into the wavelength of God who is spirit. God is not a human being. God is spirit. There are nine gifts of the spirit. The power gifts are the working of miracles, the gifts of healings, and the gift of faith. That is the power gifts. There's the revelation gifts. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits is not a spirit of discernment. Big difference. Guy walks in here and he hasn't showered for three weeks and he hasn't eaten and he's skinny and he's scruffed and everything like that. I can sit him down and go, sir, I just perceive thou art in a bad way. No, that was observation. Discerning of spirits is the ability to see in the spirit realm Jesus, demons, perception of evil or perception of good. You have the ability to see into the spirit realm, discerning of spirits. Okay? Then there's the uh, utterance gifts, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. That is for public display, okay? which is different than your prayer language. But to be able to step over into the gifts of tongues and interpretation of tongues, you need to pray more in your prayer language. So when they got filled with the Holy Ghost, 120 of them, they got their prayer language. Hundred and twenty. Go to Acts nineteen, please. If you remove the supernatural, if you remove the supernatural out of the Bible, then the Bible becomes another religious book. Acts chapter 19. Verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast of Ephesus, came and finding certain disciples, he said to them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Now, watch this. Yes, when you get born again, you get God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. The three and one and one and three. You can't separate them. So yeah, when you get born again, you get all three. So what is Paul making reference here? So we've got to read it a little further. Watch this. And he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? So in other words, you could put it like this. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you got saved? Right? Yes, no. Generally, you could say, yeah, I got the Holy Ghost. But Paul's not talking about the initial salvation of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, three and one and one and three. He understood that. He's referring to something else. He said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost as you believe? They said to him, we have not so much heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. Who did Holy Ghost is? Who's that? Who be that? And he said to them, 
Unto then what were you baptized? Wow. Interesting question. So the subject now has become baptism. For they said, unto John's baptism. Okay, so they were familiar with what? Number one, salvation, the immersion into Jesus, being baptized into Jesus. And they were familiar with water baptism. But now they're about to get familiar with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So watch. Verse 4. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him that should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with other tongues and prophesied. So they got their prayer language. Just like they did in Acts chapter 2 and verse 4. So herein lies the controversy when it comes to this. Individuals who do not have the revelation are mixing these things together. They're not separating the gifts of the Spirit from your personal encounter with the Holy Ghost when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And they're not seeing that because they're not studying it out. Because either they've gone to seminary and been taught something or they're looking at it and they're not. Watch this. Line upon line, precept upon precept, and within the subject matter, so that you can teach good doctrine. Amen. Right. And they're separating it. So, you know, this, I pray for this individual who's mixing this all up. And he's confusing a lot of people because I read a lot of comments. Oh, I believe that too. 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 I'm like, oh, golly. So what he, what he did was he took the supernatural out of tongues and he made it into natural languages. And then he, con- and then he compared the Tarot of Babel. To Acts chapter 2. And I thought, oh, and people swallowing it. Hook, line, and sinker. Because they're not studying it out themselves. If you will seek the Holy Ghost, He will give you revelation in the Word of God. And it will be line upon line, precept upon precept, within the subject matter we're discussing. And you can't get off. Well, Dr. Jack, do you, do you know anything about eschatology? No, I don't, haven't studied that a whole lot. I don't know a whole lot about eschatology. I'm not really interested about necessarily about eschatology. Are you, are you interested in, are, is, is there female angels or the male angels? I, I really don't care if they're female angels or if they're male angels. All I care about is how many souls we can win to get to Jesus. Hello, come somewhere. I, I don't want to debate about all these subject things. I will not teach what I don't know. I'm just going to tell you right now. Hallelujah. I will not teach what I don't know. Amen. I will teach what I have studied out, and I'll prove it by the Scriptures. Amen. Bring it on. Amen. Amen. Sharpen your sword. Amen. Amen. So what, do you, what have I studied? I've studied the tithe. That's what I've studied. I've studied it all out because there's been such controversy on it. I wrote 26 pages on the tithe. You can go to my Facebook page, go to the notes sections, and there's a title that says, Should Christians Tithe in the New Testament? Please read that. Please read it. Go all the way through. We go through, we go through Genesis to Revelation. Do you know that there are certain themes in the Word of God? Blood is a theme that runs from Genesis to Revelation. Come on, hello somebody. Tithing is a theme that runs from Genesis to Revelation. So there's certain themes that run through the entire Bible. Well, Dr. Jack, what do you think about drinking in the church? I have 89 scriptures. Go to my notes page about should Christians drink alcohol. I have 89 scriptures that I actually 
are against, shouldn't be doing it. And two, has to do with municipal things. But today's, take a Pepto-Bismol and make your stomach better. Praise God, amen. You don't need a little wine for your stomach's sake. Well, I just, I just, I just, I just, I just want to get, yeah, right. You want to get a bus. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Just tell the truth. I just want to be socially acceptable in our society. No, you are to transform society, not to conform to it. Well, you don't understand. In some cultures around the world, that's just a cultural thing. You know, you go to Europe, and it's a cultural thing to be 15 years old and be able to walk into a pub and get a beer. It's a cultural thing that when we sit together and we have a meal, we pour in wine. Well, let me ask you, when you got born again, did you change from the world's culture to Jesus' culture? Because I think you were saved by grace. You were snatched out of the world's culture, and you no longer your own. You were bought with a price, and now you're about kingdom culture. Oh, I never thought about that. Being snatched out of the world's culture and being translated into the kingdom of God's culture. Amen. You go ahead, preacher. I believe I will. We're almost finished. Thanks for bearing witness with me. We have to wait for all the other Christians to get out of the buffet land before we get there. Praise God. Amen. There's plenty of food left. I promise. Praise God. I promise. <laughs> Just let them go to the Golden Corral. Praise God. Amen. And we'll go to Outback. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Okay. <laughs> I'm almost finished, okay? Bear with me just a little bit. Can you just give me a little bit more time? I'm going to take it anyway. Praise God. Amen. Okay, now, watch this. When you speak in other tongues, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, you can just read those for yourself, first part of the truth, that you speak mysteries. It's a mystery to you, but it's not a mystery to God. It's a direct line. You have a red phone. You have a red phone right to the throne when you pray in other tongues. When you pray in other tongues, you're praying out your future. And as you pray in other tongues, all the obstacles of the enemy, poverty, sickness, trials, tribulations, whatever, begin to move. Begin to move. You may only pray so much in English over a situation, but you can pray for hours, hours over it and praying in other tongues. You can pray in other tongues during the day. What are you doing? You're tuning your spirit man, your born-again spirit man, into the wavelength of God, who is spirit. If God of the universe lives in you, it should not be hard to hear His voice because there's a symbiotic relationship that you have. You are a host for the Most High. Let me give you a clue on how to hear God's voice. Very simple. It's a still, small voice. It's only thunderous if He's got to save your life. The times that it was thunderous, turned left, don't turn right. <laughs> Even though I was going to turn right. It's a still, small voice. Very still. How many times have you heard this still small voice and maybe you didn't recognize it and you signed on the dotted line to later to find out like, oh my gosh, why? I knew I wasn't supposed to do that. Well, how did you know? I don't know, just something told me. 
Here's a great example. I know James is not in here, but he wouldn't mind me talking behind his back. Praise God, because he loves me and I love him. So this is recently. This is something very simple, but just to give you an example. James was at a party, and he had some sweet tay. And so kids were playing basketball with a little Nerf ball away. He had the thought, better move my tay. It might get knocked over by the basketball. So James totally ignored that. Not more than two minutes later, the ball comes flying through the air, hits the sweet tea, goes all over his, in his lap and everything. And he's like, oh, man, I knew it. I just had the thought. I said, James, that was God speaking to you. Praise God. So you don't have to go home and take a shower instead of showering in sweet tea. You mean to tell me that God loves you so much that he wants you to avoid your pants being wet all day? Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. What was that? That was the voice of God trying to help him out. When you pray more in the Holy Spirit, your tuner turns in. That's the reason why Satan fights you so hard. Listen, Anybody besides me ever... Like, you know, you've worked hard all week long, and then you're like, you know, I need to pray. And then you go into your closet and sit down or something like that. You're laying the couch. I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost for just a little bit. (laughs) And you you only got like two minutes into the prayer, right? I can't tell you how many times that's happened in my prayer room. I want to intercede and supplicate. Truly, the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. <laughs> How about this one? I know this happens to everybody besides me. Me, anybody? <laughs> Can I get a witness? Okay. <laughs> Does it ever happen to you, April? Doesn't it? No, it never. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Come on. Yeah, it's the enemy. He doesn't want you to pray things out. So he's going to come against you. He's going to come against your flesh. Oh, you're tired. Sleep. Sleep. Yeah. So why did I say all this? Well, maybe you're in here and you haven't been baptized in the Holy Ghost. Or your prayer language is kind of weak. You know, maybe you need to throw some kerosene. We need to throw some Holy Ghost kerosene on that fire. Amen. Don't let the enemy prevent you from going to another level. Because that's what that is. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is another level in the Holy Ghost. Yes, you got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. But the baptism of the Holy Ghost produces power in your life. And when you read the Word, the pages of the words will jump off the book. You're like, I've never seen that before. I've never seen that before. Wow, I've never seen that before. Oh, that's stinking awesome. I've never seen that before. Wow, this is the most exciting book ever. Come on now. Most exciting. You got adulterers and adulterers. You got king king killers. You got giants. You got lions, tigers, and bears. I mean, you got all kinds of stuff going on in this book. I mean, Star Wars ain't got nothing on this right here. 
I mean, this is the most exciting book you'll ever read. The blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing, and you can actually go to Jesus' crusade on the book, pages of the book. I've been learning, watch this, this is what I've been doing all year long. I'm not reading chapter after chapter of the Bible. I'll take one chapter, and I'm, now I've been reading like three, four, five, six verses. And I'll just sit and meditate. I'm thinking, and I'll meditate all during the day on these three or four verses, and then I'll go back to the chapter the next morning, and I'll finish the chapter, four or five, six verses, and I'll just meditate on those verses. See, some people think, oh, I've got to read five chapters of the Bible day because i got the one-year Bible. And at the end of the one-year Bible, I get a blue ribbon. Praise God. Amen. But if I don't get to, to the end of the year, I get a red ribbon. I get it for effort. I get a red ribbon for, for effort. It's like the baseball team that lost everything. Oh, let's give them a trophy anyway. Praise God. Amen. Why give them a trophy? Don't I get a trophy? At least they tried. And I thought... We're going to be reading this for eternity. What's the rush? Let me see if I can get some nuggets out of it. Let's see if I can drill and hit some oil. I know, I know my sermon's like the mercy of the Lord. It seems to be enduring forever. Praise God, but you, you, you'll be okay. Praise the Lord, amen. You'll be okay. Because the mind can only receive what the seat can endure. Thank God we got these nice, cushy chairs. You should have seen the, you should have seen the ones we had before. Everybody's awake then. Praise God. Amen. So here's the deal. Come on, stand to your feet if you would, please. You've been so gracious. And I have like four or five more pages to go, but that's okay. Come to Life Christian University. We'll get into detail. Praise God. Amen. Come on, lift your hands toward heaven if you would, please. Let's just begin to worship the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. We're not going to let these things slip. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 says we should take the most earnest heed to those things lest at any time we let them slip. And Lord, we're not going to let these things slip in our lives. It's getting to a crucial point in time of history. At this time in history, we've never been at this point before ever. And Father, I thank you that the greatest outpouring since the day of Pentecost shall take place in these last days. And Lord, you're going to come and get us and take us home. And then we're going to come back riding on that white horse at the end of the seven-year tribulation period. And we will reign and rule with you for a thousand years on this earth. And then there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And then the universe awaits us. Who knows what's in the mind of God that he has for us. I know it won't be boring. So Father, we love you. We bless you this morning. We praise you this morning. Thank you for joining us this week. It's our honor to serve you and be part of your walk with Christ. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net. Have a blessed week, and remember, the best is yet to come.